You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. verse 1 our Lord Jesus told us a parable and he told us why he was telling us the parable and he said that this parable is for the purpose of seeing and encouraging men to do what to always pray and not to faint to always pray and not to faint and he went on and told the story and in verse 8 as he concluded the parable he made us know that our God the Lord God whom we serve, who is our father, will answer his own elect, how? Speedily, even though he may be alone. And we saw at the crossover how it ties together. We may not have the time. But our Lord Jesus went on and made a statement. He said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man returns, he said, will he, New King James says, will he really find faith on earth? When the Son of Man returns, will he really find faith on the earth? And we began to see that our God has a problem that he needs a solution for. He's looking for what? Faith. He's looking for faith. That's what he's looking for. And we're told in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him, to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that what God is, and God is what? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if we had a text for this morning, it would be Mark 9, okay? Mark 9 from verse 14 to 29. And it's the account where a boy was brought to the disciples of Jesus after they had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And... The Bible says when he came down, verse 14, to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, 15 now, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever he seizes him, he throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Notice that they could not. 19, what did Jesus answer here? Let's read it together, everyone. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Now, let's step back and read again. I want you to follow as I read the last verse now, the last part of verse 18. It says, so I spoke to your disciples and something spoke to me. Some situations confronted me and I could not deal with it. And the master said to me, Oh, faithless Ikena, how long shall I be with you how long shall i bear with you i've come this morning 
to share with you and I, myself as well, the things that will cause our faith to grow, that will cause our faith to rise, so that we can. He said we could not, or they could not. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says with God, what? All things are possible. So to remove all they cannot, Jesus' answer was, oh faithless, what? Generation. How long will I bear? How long will I endure faithlessness? How long is this going to go on? And you know at the end of the story in verse 28, the Bible says the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind. So there are some things that you can get, you know, on the surface. He said, but this kind, what does it take? He said, this kind does not come out except by what? Prayer and fasting. And I want you to note something here quickly. That when this is said, this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. Jesus was not saying when you meet a demon or a situation, that's when you start praying and fasting. Because he didn't pray and fast in that moment. Because the mistake people make is that they have an interview and they go and fast for the interview. They have a challenge and they go and fast. Nobody in real life does that. Thank God for Nigeria. God will heal us and deliver us from Boko Haram. But we are training and recruiting just to fight. No, these are things we should have done. Strength is built in peacetime. So Jesus was saying to them, your capacity was small. And capacity is built by prayer and fasting. Praise the Lord. It's not what you do in the emergency. Towards the end of last year, a brother shared a testimony about when he heard gunshots around his house he said he just blessed god and went back to sleep many people that's when they'll start casting and losing soldiers don't train during the war they train during peacetime and they fight in the war so jesus when our lord jesus said to them he said this kind does not he's talking about your storage moments come when you go to your storage and bring out something so he began by saying faithless generation and he ended up by saying your rehearsal isn't working you've not rehearsed enough you've not done the practice enough so this morning and this morning of you know sunday this morning of 2019 we want to look into the world and see what is it that is hindering our faith how do we store up faith for the days and the weeks and the months that are ahead praise the lord somebody Praise Jesus, somebody. So we, we see in the Bible very interesting things. One of the things I saw that, you know, captured my attention was the scripture in Habakkuk 2.4, which was repeated in the New Testament as well. And it says, the just shall live by what? Faith. The just shall live by faith. And now you look at that statement and it's powerful and it's deep. Because when he says the just, remember, it is by grace that we are saved through faith, isn't it? Not of works, lest any man should. So faith saves me. I'm just because I have faith, isn't it? There's a faith that brings salvation and makes me just with God and justifies me. You agree? So the just is the saved. Are you following? The just is the saved. So you can say... The born-again Christian shall live by what? Faith. Now, the thing is this. For me to be born again, I exercise some faith already. 
Praise God. But that faith brought me to a place where I'm called the just. So if you're born again here, say, I have been justified. Yes. But now the justified person didn't die. You're still alive. Do you know that the justified person can live by sight? That's where impossibilities dwell. The justified person can choose not to live by faith. It's not automatic. I've been in the university, you and a lot of people scored very well in jam, got admission, got into school, and did not graduate. They didn't read, they didn't study. They had been admitted, but they didn't live the life. They didn't study. They did not make themselves studious. And the admission was hanging. Nobody could deny it. Praise the Lord. Taking it further now, some of us have graduated from some courses. I'm an accountant, and I tell you, in my wife now, the accountant, if I can, should do a test, is my wife that will be the accountant. Because even though I qualified as an accountant, I'm not living, I'm not applying, I'm not studying. So that I am born again does not immediately mean you're living by faith. The people Jesus spoke to, the Bible says, he said to his disciples, he said to them, oh, faithless generation. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. Are you with me? God has a problem. And we've said here severally, and you know that's my teaching, problem, the cause, the root of the problem of the world is what? Is sin. It's not difficult to find out. If you go to Genesis, you see it. Now, what is there is this. Sin and faith are married. Praise God. And with God, there is no divorce. You're going to get it this morning. Are you ready? Sin and faith are married. So, sin is what created the whole problem. When man disobeyed God, when man sinned against God, all the problems of this world came up. Man fell, lost our godness, lost the image of God, lost all of that, and began to struggle. Now, in Christ Jesus, you know what God has done? He has dealt with sin completely. The blood of Jesus, the Bible says he's able to save to what? The uttermost. In Christ, once somebody receives Christ, calls upon his name. That's why the arm robber on the cross. Heaven couldn't reject him. You know why? Because he said to Jesus, do what? remember me in your kingdom and jesus said that's it so as terrible and as foundational as sin is in christ is dealt with completely christ removes the power and he removes the consequences are you with me so for the thief on the cross when he called upon the name of the lord he was saved from the judge even though man executed him god received him because the death of the price that Christ paid is too much for them to ask for change. They, it pays everything. Are you with me? Have you seen a situation where somebody is in a tight corner, maybe in an office, and they're harassing the person, and the boss comes and says, Ah, Jimmy. And then the boss and Jimmy hugs. All the people that were harassing say, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. You see, what has happened is the relationship between the boss and that person makes all the other staff in the environment do what? They wipe off every handwriting of requirement that was contrary to the Jimmy. 
and credits it as righteous. So they say, sorry, sir, you're welcome. Do you want your coffee? This is somebody that they were harassing before. Why? Because another person with great worth has been introduced into the relationship. In Christ Jesus, the great, 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 the greatest word had been introduced to you. So the issue of where I'm coming from was dealt with completely. Are you with me? So the matter of sin, where I'm coming from, what they may call generational, historical, whatever. And let me help you. That explains God's relationship and dealings with men like Saul of Tarsus. Because you see, if sin were not well dealt with, you see, many of us have had injuries and they're healed, but the scars are there. When Jesus deals with sin, there are no scars. Because if Saul of Tarsus, who became poor, had still to carry the scar of sin, when he preached, people won't give their lives to Christ. Because they say, first of all, go and bring back uh, uh, Stephen. Go and bring back all the people he killed. But because in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation. All things have what? Passed away. Behold what? All things have become new. That's the power. That's how much Christ, God in Christ, has dealt with sin. Which is a major problem. Now, even that scripture that says, He that is in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? Now, the implication of that statement, new and then new for what? Now, you know what is new can become old. You know what is new can be destroyed. You know what is new can be underused. You know what is new can be abused. Now, the life of the Christian, when you are forgiven, which is what we have, it forms the foundation of our life. Is someone with me? That's what Paul would say. He says, the love of Christ does what? Constrains me. When he thinks of how much God has done for him, he doesn't let him sit quiet. So all that forms my background. Now, the question is now, if all of that has been done for you and I, what are we doing with what has been done? So, in Christ, God dealt with sin and completed it. And you really don't have much to do except to believe. You know, some people teach, and I think it's true. I read of a man who says of himself, he says anytime he sins, he gets up, you know, literally, gets up and tells God, this is what will continue to happen if you leave me by myself. I have no power. My trust is in you. And he receives forgiveness. And asks God, please never leave me by myself. And then he continues. Praise the Lord. Because he understands that Christ is the power. In Christ, the power to break the hold of sin. And to take away the consequences there. Okay? So having said that now, but do you know God has a problem he hasn't been able to solve now? He can't force faith on you. Faith, they are connected. We're going to get to it. Faith now, Christ can't do, do faith. The apostle Paul speaking says, the life I now live, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. Some try, New King James Russian say the faith of the Son of God. New King James says faith in the Son of God. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He said, yet not I. But Christ, what? Lives in me. So it says, the life I now live. Now, to live that life of faith of the Son of God, it can be forced on you. And that's what Jesus was expressing his frustration over. He said, oh, faithless, how long? How long are we going to do this? How long are you going to get the reason why I forgave you? Everybody knows that if the primary reason for forgiving your sins 
were just so that you escape hell. Then every day we do an altar call. Who will even be doing the altar call? That means the person is not going to heaven. Every day there is an altar call. As long once the people repent, what should happen? They go. But what is this? Is this when he forgave you? Let's go to Romans eight. Let's see something there. Romans eight is a popular verse we all use. Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that all things work together for good for to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His what purpose. Now, in this statement, we use it for trials. We use it for or circumstances that come upon us. But do you know the critical thing in that statement is this. All things must work together for the benefit of those who love God and to those who are the called according to what? It means God has a plan. God wants to do something. And because God wants to do something with you, everything that happens to you will be used by God to accomplish his purpose in you. Now, it will be unfortunate if I don't pursue that purpose. That's what that scripture is saying. Those who love God and who are the called according to his... So if I turn my eyes away from the purpose for which he called me, all things can work together. Is somebody with me? Let's take an illustration so we get it. Joseph was doing his best. And Potiphar's wife came up. And Potiphar's wife, you know, tried to do him in and he escaped. And the husband came and heard the story and did not believe Joseph, isn't it? And Joseph was what? Thrown in prison. Now, that's something unfavorable that has happened to him. When Joseph got into the prison, what was he doing? Was he lamenting? Did he become wicked? You know, he had been faithful in Potiphar's life. When he got into the prison, you know what he said? He went to his adjuster. Is somebody in church with me? He went to his adjuster and adjusted his clock. And said, now it's time. No longer time for faithfulness in Potiphar's house. It's time for faithfulness in the prison. That's purpose. He said, why did I come to prison? He said, God has a purpose for me in prison. He was not there. He said, not my portion. Not my portion. Not my portion. Break the door. Let me escape. He didn't do that. Because he understood that God had a purpose. Child of God, when you come to the place where... You know that you know that you know that the Almighty has his hand on you for something. They put Paul in chains. He said, thank God that the word of God is not in chains. His prayer wasn't break the chains. His prayer was let the word of God move swiftly. He said, pray that the word of God will not be hindered. Is somebody understanding what we're doing here? So if you look at that, it begins from there. Now look at what it begins to say now. 29 says, for whom he did what? He foreknew. He also did what? Predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What's he saying here? In short, what that statement is saying is this. When God looked at you, before you even got involved, he said, I'll make you to be like Jesus. I'll make you to be a follower of Jesus. I'll make you to remind people of Jesus. I'll make you to be in the Jesus team. I'm going to make you to be in the Jesus army. That's what that verse was saying. So he foreknew and he predestined that you be conformed to the image of his son. Now look at the next line now. And 39 now begins to say, this one that he predestined, what did he do? He called. This one that he called, what did he have to do? Justification is where many of us have stopped. Justification is where I am without guilt. I am born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where we are. 
But he didn't justify me that I may just be justified. What does he say? He said he justified me that there would be what? A glorification. Justification is for something. The forgiveness of sins is for something. Your white shirt is very white. Do you wash that shirt and iron it well? And then keep it on the bed and lie on it. When you wash it and iron it well, what I apply, you're already thinking of where you're going with it. When God began all that process in you, you know what? He had in mind what to do with you. That's what it's about. He had in mind to do something through you. He had in mind that you will remind the world of his son. That you'll be the express image of God. People will look at you and say, Jesus we know. And Jide we know. And Koku we know. Do you understand what we're saying? That is what it's about. So it comes from the same question and brings you to a place where you stand justified. In which case the enemy can say, who is that one speaking? If they say, who is that one? You say, have nothing on him. That's why the Bible is telling us about Joshua the high priest in the Old Testament. What was the enemy stopping his ministry from? He was saying, you have few pigments, you have few pigments. And Joshua the high priest could not minister. What was the high priest in the presence of God there to do? He was there to intercede for the people. But if his garments were filthy, he can't intercede for people. And then God's purposes would not be accomplished. But when the enemy came and was accusing, what did God do? God said, just wait, I changed the garment. After he changed the garment, did the enemy have any other voice? He now stood and he could represent the people before God. You and I have had our garments changed so that we might stand as priests in the presence of God. That's where we're coming from. Now, before I leave that, it then means sars and mass that if you're still at the level where they wash your garments, you stain it today. They wash it. You're not ready to be used. They wash it, you dirty. They wash it, you dirty. You know, sometimes clothes don't have a problem of being dirty. They have become old. They are torn. Even though the Bible says the righteous man falls seven times and he will rise again, okay? So there's, but in this new year, I want you to know, that's why that whole thing was done, to bring you to a place of justification so that the assignment can begin. Sinlessness is not the assignment, it's the qualification, it's the pre-qualification. God does that to bring you to a place. You see, let me tell you, a Christian that lives a life of sin denies himself of the privilege of a life of faith. I remember many years ago, many, many years ago, you know, They'll be doing, I think it's a um, milk to meat class. And then maybe somebody starts manifesting, you know. The, the person in charge will run away. You see, if a believer has a standing with God that God has clothed him with his righteousness, what type of demon will you be running away from? You know, those demons can be wicked. They can say, don't ask me to come out. Oh. I know where you went last night. Sister, so sister. By the time they call two names, the brother moves. So people didn't dare. You understand? That's what is to bring you to a place of standing where you can have boldness and access. That's why if you see somebody who is habitually now, that's what I'm talking about, not falling, not mistake, habitually living in sin, so-called manifesting power is not God's power. It's not God's power. In fact, if you see somebody habitually in sin and claiming he's just a commission fraud, people follow People make mistakes. Peter made a mistake. You know, people keep making mistakes. And that's why it says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So in the process, we'll be making mistakes and the grace of God will be forgiving us. But to live a life, no, it says the just shall live by faith, not the crooked. The just lives by faith. 
So all of that is to bring us to a place where we are now living the faith life. What is the faith life? The faith life is when you live as God ordained you to live. When you become a God in every circumstance, in every situation. Where you're no longer a prayer point. You become the one by whose reason things happen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You see, you become a vessel, a vehicle for the accomplishment of God's purpose on earth. And my prayer is that 2019, the purposes of God will prosper through you. In the name of Jesus. Having been justified, you'll be a vessel of glory. In the name of Jesus. You will not look at yourself as someone. You see, that mentality of Christians only looking for someone to pray for you is understandable at a stage in your life. Come with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Another passage of the Bible that is a bit uh, difficult to understand, but God will help us as we pick something from it today. In, in Hebrews 6, the Bible talks about leaving the elementary things. Hebrews 6 verse 1, I'll read. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from what? Are we seeing that repentance from sin? That's our old life. And the faith towards God, the faith that brings salvation. That's what he's talking about there. Of doctrine of baptisms. If you're here and you've been born again and you've not done water baptism, you must do that. Jesus requires that you do that in this year. So please make sure you do it as early as possible. Of laying on of hands, okay? Of resurrection of the dead, which is our hope. That this world is not our home. We're going to rise someday. And of eternal judgment. He said these things are what? He said elementary principles, isn't it? Now let's see what are the ones that are more serious principles. He says, three says, and this we will do if God permits. Four begins to say something. There. He says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. This time he's talking about deserters, people who have known. Some of these people that have mentioned to us, people who have known the power of God, but don't like his ways. His ways are too constraining. This thing works. So they've been in the church. They know the power of God. They've had the Holy Ghost. But to get the anointing of the Holy Ghost takes a lot of consecration. So they decide to live a life that is contrary to God's ways and still walk in that power. So they accept demonic and all kinds of things to continue to enjoy the benefits of what only God should give them. He said when they do such things, what do they do? They deny Christ. It's not that somebody fell. No, this is a willful change of camp. Are you with me? A willful change and an intentional change of camp. So they come to church. They're in church. After some time, they say this way, Pastor Ken Aizin, the man never even buy a better house. If I follow him, when will I build my own house? You start your own way. You will be calling number. You there, number, your phone number is 775. Get an alert now. You see, those people, they have known the ways of God, but the ways of God are too slow for them. They are the ones that go to all kinds of places to get power. But they still call what they are doing church. That is not our portion in Jesus' name. But where we are going to for this moment is 7 and 8. It says we leave the elementary things, the primary things, the, and we go to this. And it says this, 7 and 8. I'll read the New King James. It says, for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs, useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessing from God. 
But if it bears thorns and prayers, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be born. I seen there now. Easy to read version. It says here, verse 7, it says some people are like land that gets plenty of rain and produces a good crop for those who farm it. Some people are like land that what? Gets plenty of rain and produces a good crop for those who farm it. That kind of land has God's blessings. But other people are like land that grows only thorns and weeds. It is worthless and in danger of being caused by God. It will be destroyed by fire. What's the, the writer of Hebrews saying here? He's saying there's a place where we're just teaching you things that are benefit. But there's a time where God expects to eat of you. He said that land that takes rain, that God gives it, takes all the things that God gives, and brings forth fruits and herbs, useful for the person who owns it. He said that land will be blessed. Now he's not talking salvation. It's saying, I've invested in you. I'm now looking at anywhere you go. How many of us have pondered on the justification of the parable of the talent? Why will a man, because he preserved the talent that was given to him, sent to a place where he gnashes his teeth forever? Do you understand what I'm saying? God needs you to do something for him. He needs to work with you. You are his investment. Praise the Lord. Life, you see, it's gone beyond me. For me, when he saved me, he did for me the best thing he could do for me. But since he kept me, he's saying now, I'm sending rain to you. So some of us will be made billionaires. Some of us will get to high positions in power. Some of us are going to get popularity and all manner of things. Praise the Lord. And you know why God is doing that? God is doing that so that you give him returns. When an, a, a Christian gentleman occupies a position and begins to tell his fellow Christians, you don't understand this position, he's a failure. Mordecai did not tell the Jews, you don't understand how difficult it is to be at the king's gate. He dared and dared Haman until Haman was hanged in the gallows he prepared for him. Anytime God lifts you up, anytime God positions, and God is about positioning people this year. Praise the Lord. He will bring you to places, give you, you know, prominence. But he's like doing that as an investment. If you don't understand what it is, you think it's for you. I bless God for, what's his name, uh, Bishop Matthew. So somebody that's been in my heart, they are marjories. But unfortunately, the people are refusing. You know, uh, Bishop Kuka said he, won, he was making an arrangement to take care of 10 million marjories. But those who made their marjories, marjories say he shouldn't try it. Wickedness is wicked. That's what influence is for. To become God's instrument. Now, if you and I don't understand it, we'll live life thinking battles are being fought over us. No, the battle is not over me. When Christ died on the cross, you know what? It was settled for you. But Christ has an expectation of you. The Bible will say that he sent his disciples to the places where he himself would go. God is sending you into 2019 because he wants some things to be said of him. He wants Nigeria to hear things. He wants people to experience things. You're not just saved. No. You are God's agent. Praise the Lord. And all of that will begin to come into place when you're ready to live the life of faith. Because some of the things that I'm saying here, you'll just be saying it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. And that's where that life of faith comes in. That's where the just must live by faith. That's where you begin to understand that this is what it is. 
This is what this thing is all about. You must, 1 Corinthians 1.30, talking about our Christ Jesus, the gift that he was to us. He says, but of him, you and I are in Christ Jesus. And what did he become for us? He became for us wisdom from God. He became for us righteousness. He became for us sanctification and redemption. All of that is to introduce us into the life of faith. Praise the Lord. So they put you in your family. They put you in your office. They put you in all of that. And Christ has become for you wisdom from God. He has become for you righteousness. He has become for you sanctification. It means you don't have an excuse again. You can't say, what can I do? You know. By nature, your soul, soul does not ask permission to touch what it is put on. By nature, you become light. The only place light doesn't shine is in the light. Go outside now and put your headlamp on. You won't see anything. You know why? It's not needed. So your salt, your light, isn't that what Jesus said? So anytime you see darkness, what should you do? You should shine. So you find yourself in an environment. It's not an excuse. That's why I keep saying, you know, we need Christians in Nigeria, not churchgoers. We don't have a lot of Christians. We have a lot of churchgoers, but we don't have a lot of Christians. Because if we did have a lot of Christians, Nigeria would have changed. And God will find you one of them. Nigeria would have changed. The news would have been popping up of doctors that stood out, of accountants that stood out, of pamsex that stood out, of ministers that stood out, of VPs that stood out. That's the light. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we are salt. We don't ask for permission. We are light. Every environment we are thrown in, we say, okay, this is what it was meant for. The Apostle Paul talks about the weapons of righteousness on the left hand and on the right hand. It says, though poor, we are making many rich. Whether we are in difficult circumstances, God bless some of our brethren here that have gone through difficulties. God used them as light. My son said he couldn't understand it, that people who have gone through this are so stable, so joyful, and they were shining as light in their pain, in their difficult moments. They stood as light. They became emblems that God would say, have you considered my servant? That's what it means to understand the life of faith. Because these people are no longer walking by sight. They are not singing because a tune is playing. They are singing because they have a revelation. They are singing because they have seen the end. Like the songwriter said, I think it was Olori. He said, I have seen the future. That's what carries the man of faith. So he doesn't live for the moment. He has transcended the moment. The moment is only for display of the glory of God. Spirit of God, help us your church. So we are being called to the faith level. The life of faith. Let me show you a scripture. Mark 2, 5, Matthew 9, 2, or Luke 5, 20. They all say the same thing. Talking about the, the young man that was brought in by his friends when the house was too, too full. The Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, what? Your sins are forgiven. Faith and sin are married. In fact, the reason why many Christians are not living a sinless life is because they are not living a purposeful life. Very simple. If you want to walk in victory this year, just take this other part of what I'm telling you. Let me ask you a question. If you had, if you had in your office, okay, how many people work for government here? Just wave your hand a little. You work for government. If you had in your office a super witch that wanted to kill you, you had seen the witch in your dream, and physically you had seen the witch, you know, doing things. Will you come to that office and be taking bribe? You see now. Will you come to that office and be asking somebody, if you don't give me something, fire will move? Will you be involved in anything? Why? Because you know there is what? A war. In fact, in that office, you'll be drinking air. When it's time to drink water, you just drink air. 
Because you must maintain spiritual what? Alertness. It's the same thing. It's because we are not carrying our purpose. That's why you can fall for anything. In that office, will a sister come here and say, come and sit by me? You won't do that. What I'm fighting is too much. So when I say believer, you take your phone. I don't even listen to some jokes. Comedians, once you say, I use tongues as joke, I don't listen to you because I want to speak in tongues and power will come. So why should I be listening to jokes that are using the Holy Spirit language for? So my comedians are Jesus, Jesus. They, they've lost me. You see, neighbors have a saying. They say they don't use the thing that they, they used to tickle the ear, to tickle the eye. I can see too much of the purpose. So he said to me, he said, sin and faith are married. People are struggling with sin because they're not living a life of faith. Listen, when I pray for Nigeria, I expect God to answer. I'm not praying it to fulfill righteousness. Do you understand? When you come to that level where you know that peradventure, the deliverance of your office, your neighborhood, this nation is dependent on you. There are some things you can't play with. They will call you extreme. You really need to be extreme. If you're not going anywhere. I mean, why not? But if you're going somewhere, you can imagine when they now want to use you to deliver the whole of Northeast. And the devil say, you can't use him. They say, what's the problem? Uh -uh. He stole 5,000. Why will you let such a thing Keep you from the purposes of God. The Apostle Paul, I think Momichi was praying here, pressing forward to the upward call. There's an upward call. Many of us are too low. We're still at the level where we want to get car, get house, marry. So if that is your aim for 2019, happy new year. But God has a greater plan. God has glorious things prepared for you. You see, it's not religion. No, listen to me. I told you I watch a lot of movies and I watch football. So the one on football I've told you, okay? We have to be careful. Football has become God. And I watched a lot of movies. And some of the movies, one of the movies didn't make sense to me. But what I saw in it, I saw how people, Pastor King, you were talking about God being particular to his instructions. I saw how people can take something. I think the movie is called Bird Box. Okay? I saw how people can obey instruction. So in this movie, if you opened your eyes and you just saw anything, then you would die. Okay, now, now. And people are watching the movie and enjoying it. Why didn't they say why? Why can't I open my eye? Have you ever thought about that? Who are you to tell me to close my eyes? Why is it now that when God says don't do something, say, but why? A movie producer says, if you, I mean, the movie didn't make sense to me, but you know, I'm a father, so I was watching and trying to enjoy. I say, who, what did they see that is making them go mad? They say, if you just see, if you see the wind, sometimes they'll see wind, they'll see eyes, they'll see, then something will happen. They see dust. I said, so, because of that, everybody blindfolded themselves in the movie. I said, okay, I understand that. What about the one God has said? If you beat your wife. Hmm? Didn't you see that the Bible said? <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? I said, can people take God this seriously? Why should people argue about it? In, in, with God, you want liberty. You don't pick up your phone and enter the number. And you want to call somebody, you don't dare send, you dare say, you put save. And then you're saying hello. Until you put send, what will happen? The number will be looking at you. Because that's what the manufacturer said. If you want to use me, if you want to use this thing I've made, you will pass by this way. If God has called you and I, which he has called us, then we should take him seriously. We should listen for his instructions. Do you understand? We should lift our eyes above situations and circumstances. We should believe him. So Jesus was lamenting.
he was lamenting. He says what the world is in desperate need of is people who have faith in God. Faith in God. Not people who want to use God. You see, if you want to use God, you are changing yourself because the Bible says it is the Father's good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom. You know? You see, many times we are like that. Listen to me. If you're a born-again Christian, God loves you beyond your imagination. What God has for you, you can't even finish it. It says, I wish above all things that you do. You prosper and be in health. Even God, God wants the best for you. And when the time is right, it will come to you. You understand what I'm saying? It will come to you. I've told you my story about Christmas when I was younger, even though they didn't really deny me that, but sometimes it caused a little problem. I used to, at the height of my enjoyment, I didn't used to drink either phantom malt. I used to mix phantom malt. If you mix phantom malt, you get a taste you've never gotten before. I, I, <laughs> I used to mix phantom malt and then balance with chinchin. The combination is super. So those days, I used to take it so much that sometimes they will caution me that this thing is not only me. We are having visitors. Now, this holiday, I took Fanta and Mott, and I could have taken any quantity. Nobody cautioned me. I said, God, now show you they do. So now I can take as much Fanta and Mott combination as I want, and nobody will stop me. You see, what you're struggling for, a time will come. God will give it to you in abundance. Don't sacrifice purpose for that. Don't sacrifice purpose for there is a purpose, it's a life of faith, a life where everywhere you are, God has somebody. Nigeria is looking for people. Severally, people have risen, and we thought they were it, but they were just born again, they were not living the life of faith. When a Christian says, uh, But how can I do that? They will kill me, they will do this to me, they will do that. You don't understand the life of faith. The life of faith person says, For me to live is what Christ to die is profit. Let me tell you something the nation of Israel were there, and Goliath challenged them for how many days? 40 days. God didn't have a problem bringing down Goliath. All the, for the Old Testament, the nation of Israel were representatives of the church. All the people who were in that army were like born-again Christians. They were fully equipped, you see. But the Bible says when Goliath took a step, all of them would draw back. What could God do? God can't force faith. He can't force faith. The only way faith comes is that you hear the word and you believe it and you're wrong with it. No wonder they now stirred up Jesse to send a small boy who had some faith to go and overhear. He was not part of them. He wasn't supposed to hear. He was eavesdropping. And when he heard what was happening, he said, ah, what's the problem? This is what God wants to do. And if God wants to do it, then it means I was predestined for it. This is why I'm alive. He said, that's why, no wonder the bear and the lion couldn't kill me. He said, who, what are we waiting for? Let's go and bring down that uncircumcised Philistine. That's the life of faith. Anywhere God needs something to be done, and you hear it, they don't beg you. You see, when Christians are waiting to be told to support the church with their finances, they may be born again, but they're they not living the life of faith. And let me tell you, because we don't put scores on the, on the screen, there are people who come to church and sit down, and after service they ask, Pastor, please, the, the generator didn't work. I say, yes, so it didn't work. They say, how much is it? They bring money for it. 
that there's somebody might be sitting by you. You might thinking, ah, they're not asking for money. I won't pay tithe. I'll pay 1%. I'll pay 0%. There are people who are staring themselves off, doing awesome things in the house of God. The difference is their life of faith. There are people who after service will come and say, Pastor, you're not smiling. They give me dollars. See somebody say, ah. And you see now, it's life of faith. It's level. There are some people after service that will come and say, Pastor, Pastor, I never chop. It's their level of faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? It touches every area of your life. And let me help you, please. We're not talking religion today. We're talking life of faith. Faith is not what religion has presented it to be. Faith is living in the reality of God. Like we mentioned in passing, I mentioned it for some who were not there, but get the message. A person of faith cannot be lazy. He works hard. Somebody can't say, I'm believing God. I'm the slothful. No, no. It's not God you're believing. You must be a Yahoo Yahoo boy. Okay. It's only Yahoo Yahoo people that have the kind of faith that they're just sending fake emails and sitting. You will work hard. You work hard. Whatever your hand finds to do, you're believing God to make a way. You have to be ready for the way. Pastor King, you were talking about the Exodus. He said to them, This is how you're going to eat this meal. You have to have your waist girded, your sandals on your feet. Why? Who knows whether the opening was for a brief moment? Any Israelite that didn't live at that moment will be caught up back in Egypt. Who knows? So life of faith is not life of slothfulness. It's not life of indolence. It's not life of laziness. It's not life of tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. No. It's a life of responsibility, sensitivity, where you're ready to connect with whatever God is about to do at that hour. So what is happening here, brothers and sisters? 2019, God is saying to you, I saved you for a purpose. I saved you for a purpose. Do you know that every situation that God allows his child to come into, God is not in heaven crying. God is not in heaven worried about you. No, you were sent there. Whether it's high or low, you were sent there. It says with uh, commission, the earnest expectation of creation is what? Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Where you are is waiting for your manifestation. Is waiting for your manifestation. Is waiting for your manifestation. Is waiting for you to change the story. For you to change the line. So I want you to look at yourself today and adjust your thinking. Say, I was born for this. Let me say, I was born for this. I was born for this. You're not trying to escape. You were born for this. The Holy Spirit knows all you need and he's ready to back you up. Praise the Lord. They all might have ganged up against you, but he said, I didn't commission them. It's you that I commissioned. And because it's you that I commissioned, the number that ganged up against you, what will happen? They will fall for your sake. He said the waters will be in, on your way, but you'll pass through them. The fire will, will burn, but it won't burn you. Why? You are the commissioned one. You're the one I've chosen. You're my vessel. You're predestined for glory. Your story can end and they'll be saying, where is God? Unless God couldn't find faith. That's why I said, oh, faithless generation. Wherever God finds faith, God manifests. Let's bow our heads. I want you to talk to the Lord. I want you to go to the Lord. It's a new day. Last year is gone. Maybe you've been born again for a long time. And maybe partially you have just been happy the way things were, you know, just complacent. But the master said, let us go leave the elementary things. Let us go on to perfection. 
He said they are lands that receive rain and they bring forth fruit that their owner rejoices over. Are you that type of land? Tell him, Lord, find me. Tell him, Lord, find me. Tell him, Lord, find me. Are you that child? Are you that husband? Are you that wife? Are you that worker in that office? Are you that lawyer in that environment? Are you that medical doctor? Are you that administrator? Are you that carpenter? Are you that mechanic? We have issues. Why is it that people are not on Facebook anywhere saying, if you want a truthful mechanic, go to plus so, so, so. There is a mechanic there that will tell you the whole truth. Yet there are many of them in churches asking for their breakthrough. Lord, make me your answer. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.